I, I wish that this podcast actually had a camera on it because you could have seen Pat jamming on the air guitar. Bass, uh, air bass. Is that what that was the bass? Yeah. Okay, he was jamming away <laughs> on that. Um, so, yeah, we usually try to tie a little bit of a, a music intro into our podcast. So I'm Brett Sasso. I'm, I'm glad you found this podcast, and we're going to be talking a little bit about what I have referred to as the retirement perfect storm. Um, the retirement perfect storm was the topic of this week's past webinar that we did. Great webinar. Really, uh, I was really happy with the amount of people that had shown up. Uh, we almost maxed out the house. We were really close. Uh, we usually, when we hit 500, the door closes and then people get mad. They say there's something wrong with the link. So we were right up against that and we had a, a very, very good crowd show up. Uh, I'll give a lot of credit to that to Ant and Pat because they did the uh, promotional piece that went out with some real nice artwork. Looked really, really sharp. So good job, guys. So we got uh, we got Anthony on the boards today. He's he's doing the uh, all the sliders and 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 all the the merging that that you would picture. We use this really cool little uh, roadcaster. It's a it's a podcast machine. It's basically portable. It looks really cool. So Ant's running that. Uh, Pat is here to field the questions similar to last week's webinar. And I also have Brian Nicolazen in the studio and Brian's going to, he's actually a contributing writer to uh, deserve magazine. And I believe it's the next issue coming out, Brian's article. So, yep. so the next issue coming out, we're going to talk a little bit about that. We asked Brian to come in today because, uh, some of the questions that came up out of the, um, the perfect storm, the retirement perfect storm webinar, is something that tied to Brian's article. So he agreed to come and dare COVID and come into the podcast studio today. But you're taking some homeopathic vaccine. So yep, yeah, he's actually I'm immune. Damn good. He's immune. Yep. And I, I haven't seen anybody but these people since March. So we're, we're doing our, our best to try to keep the spread down. So uh, let's get started today. So Pat, we've got the question. So the format of the podcast and it's kind of like the triple play here, right? So we have the Deserve magazine that that brings articles together of interest, especially for the baby boomers. We work mostly for baby boomers. Um, in the Deserve magazine, we'll usually have a topic. I had a two-part article that the last issue came out was the second part of the two, which was about risk. And it was called The Gamble, uh, something that uh, I got inspired to come and write one morning. It was after New Year's Day. I kind of shot into the office and I just got this idea and I, I wrote the article. So uh, the way we build out is magazine. We do webinar. So the webinar is anyone that's seen and responded to our national TV commercial, which we're now approaching 40,000 people have actually seen and responded. I think more have seen than have responded, but that's a really good following for um the topic that we we advertise, right? We're not say, uh, showing people how to lose weight or make money. We're basically saying, hey, there's a process to, to try to better visualize your retirement. So that's what the, uh, the blueprints are that we create. So triple play. So we got magazine, we got live webinars, and now we got this podcast. So the podcast is the format that we are using to answer the questions that were a little bit too much to try to answer at the end of an hour-long webinar. Um, so we're going to start, and Pat has sorted this. He, he grabbed a couple good questions. We broke them into the same topic flow of the webinar. Now, if you didn't get a chance to see the webinar, on this page somewhere, on the page that this, this podcast is being uh, 
stored, you should be able to find your way, correct, guys, to the actual webinar? Will they have a link there? So if you had, if you didn't see the webinar and you're catching this because you just are, or you subscribed because I know we had a pretty good uh, subscription going on for the podcast, uh, you can always go back and see what we're talking about. It'll make sense. So let's get started. We got, uh, well, we can control the clock here. That's why we stopped doing live radio because we'd like controlling the clock. So Pat, let's jump right in. Uh, put your air card, air guitar back down on the ground and let's uh, base, air base, <laughs> air base, and let's go. Well, I'm. The webinar, I think, probably was one of your best that I've seen. Um, And something clicked for me in this webinar. I've listened to a lot of them. I've listened to them. But I think when you keep talking about taxes and the national debt, and you talk about this outrageous number of $28 trillion. Almost there. And and I say to myself, it's never going to be paid. It, why oh. even concern yourself with it? Never. But then what you said, and, and it, like I said, it finally clicked. It's like, that's not the point. It's the obligation on the interest. Right. That is going to be, it's what's well, going to choke. And more importantly, if interest rates go up. But it, it, it clicked for me. Yeah. It's like, okay. But so it's a real payment. Forget it's, about it's the issue. Yeah. It, it could be $100 trillion. Well, and it's, it's, a, it's a variable interest rate. Right. <laughs> what happens if in, we yeah. default on the interest payments? What does that do to the dollar? Well, we what does had, that do to taxes? Right. And it finally all came in, and I was like, oh, I see where he's been going with this for the last three years. It's not about this humongous, unattainable number to pay down. It's about our obligation as a, as a nation right. to pay our bills. And, and it's, uh, it's almost as if you're you know, at the end of the rope at this point, right? When, you're, when your debt is just growing and all you can do is pile on more debt to service it. Yeah, and when it gets to the the size that it is, I think the number end of Trump uh, twenty twenty was uh, twenty seven trillion seven hundred and forty seven billion, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So the you know the reality is we could chip away at this debt because once you pay your interest payment, we could chip away at it. And I I think that's probably one of the reasons why I kind of like listening to Rand Paul because he he brings some real sensibility to complex economics, right? So if you pay your Eight hundred and nineteen billion is what they're estimating it will be. I am on the record more than one time saying that that number in twenty thirty, the interest carrying costs, just the net outlay, right? And I've defined that several times now. The difference between what the United States collects on its investments and what it pays out on its debt obligation is called the net outlay of interest. And they and the CBO Congressional Budget Office has stated, and it's in their website that they believe that that number. In 2030, it's an important year. It's the year I retire, right? Supposedly, that number is 819 billion dollars, and I absolutely believe that they're off. Yeah, by by close to 200 well, billion dollars. Probably more than that. I mean, they this was probably pre-COVID that they estimated that. It is, right. and, so and I did about... I did credit that. I said, okay, pre-COVID, and it's also pre-COVID, pre-Biden, right? So now we got right. another round, and I promise you that this this isn't over. There will be another round because at this point, the measure of the success of a, of a of a presidency and a Congress is the stock market, right? Which which we had, uh, what was his name? Jimmy um, Morrison. Guy, Jimmy, Jimmy Morrison. Jimmy Morrison uh, created the movie called The Bubble, and he made an impression. We had him on this podcast not too long, well. It was a long time ago, several podcasts ago. But Jimmy has he told us in that interview that we did with him that the last part of the trilogy hasn't been done yet because he said when it happens, uh, it will make his whole movie, his his three movie parts make sense. So 
Um, yeah, so the national debt is definitely the, the first of the major forces that I am saying are gathering, right? I'm a weatherman now, but it's a financial storm. It's gathering. It's unsustainable. The numbers are all off. Uh, the idea that the CBO, now remember, this is on their website today. If you go to the CBO website and you look at these numbers, the numbers there today say that in 2030, they're estimating the national debt will be $31 trillion. We'll be there by the end of yeah, the year. We'll be there soon. We'll be there by the end of 2021. We, we could easily. We're talking about a $4 trillion. Yeah. I think, I, think we'll kick, I think we'll definitely kick 30. I don't know if we'll hit 31. It could happen. I, I missed COVID really bad when I gave my estimate on the podcast. Right. Uh, the boy who cried wolf. I, I said, yeah, maybe 150 people die in New York. Uh, just a little off on that one. But I I think the number is, again, to your point, Pat, it's not about paying it off. It's about servicing it, right? Those are real checks that have to be written. That's not the government owing itself. It's not the, I call it the Lloyd and Harry, you know, accounting system where you just keep throwing IOUs in the suitcase that's not what this is. That's not the public portion of the national debt. You want to get into the rest of that? You're up in the $130 trillion number. And, and you know, what's really, too, it, it's not only that the interest is accruing and getting paid, but a lot of it's short-term debt. It's renewing, which means you have to find new buyers for all that debt. And guess what's happening? It's happening right now. The cost that or the, the price that the U.S. has to pay to encourage more money coming in is more than it was a year ago. It but was, no president wants to raise taxes. So where is this money going to come from if this debt keeps getting larger, the interest payments keep getting higher? Right. Where does it come from? You said something in the office just a couple minutes ago. What do you think they're going to do? Right. Well, yeah, I mean... They- 85% of the revenue the United States of America collects for Social Security, Medicare, and paying its bills comes from the back of the taxpayer. Corporations provide less than 7% of the revenue. So if, if this current administration thinks raising taxes on corporations by a few percentage points is going to change anything, that's just more of this smog. I don't even call it a fog. We're living in a smog where they're trying to tell you that, oh, yeah, we can handle this by raising taxes on corporations. Well, it's and not I, there. They're it's also not, not the even They're from. not even hiding the fact that they're just going to print money, right? And at the end of the day, they're going to print dollars, they're going to sell them into the global market, and they're going to buy bonds. And so that's that why do the dollar is down 10% right. in the last two months. So the consequence is, if you're looking at these things, and I encourage you guys, everybody's got you know their phone in their pocket. There's some really cool things that you guys can start following. If you're starting to organize yourself for retirement, these things that we talk about, they're real, and they're, they're easily verified. You don't have to pick a network that, that's, that slants news in, in a direction that they prefer. This is just factual information that you can go look at. Go look at the future trade, the futures right now. If you want to know that inflation's there, go look at soybeans. Go look at corn. Yeah, be- an, beans in the teens. <laughs> it's incredible what's going on, and it's happening right underneath our nose. You think we'll ever see $35 a, gallon, a barrel oil again? Oil's going to be back to 100 well, bucks. Like, and that's an interesting point because, uh, Brett, you actually brought up two points that I'd like to tie together. See, you know, a lot of times you look for bond yields to see inflation, right? And as Brett had mentioned, yields are up nearly double what they were just six or seven months ago. Yeah, which means a lot of people got a crappy portfolio of bonds right, right now. Well, yeah, but they're double. They're still only 1.1% on the 10-year. <laughs> right. So, 
you know, that would be a, an indication of inflation if, if yields were coming up, and they are, and that's an, in, that's an inflation indicator. But the other one is commodities, right, and, and the dollar. Right, and, and, and when you look at these commodities, these commodities are not about scarcity anymore. There's more corn in the United mm-hmm. States. We could feed the world with corn in the United States. Plenty of Why is corn up the way it's been up? It's running. It's all running. But the one thing, and boy, it's a podcast all onto itself, is this Bitcoin thing, right? So Bitcoin is now throwing a big challenge into the old staple of inflation battle, which is gold. Right. So yeah, even I mean, gold you, can't take the run that it should have well, right now. And gold would probably be a lot higher absent Bitcoin. 100%. Did that guy find his uh, password to get into his Bitcoin account? Oh, I don't know. Did you hear that story? Dude, I have no <laughs> belief in Bitcoin. I know. I get schooled all the time here. The young guys come in. They tried to do it again last week. They're like, oh, you're just uh, an old guy that, and I'm not that old, but you're an old guy that believes that gold is, is where the value is. They just found more gold in India. I'm like, so what? Right. Well, the I, gold gold has a use. Can't right? make another. There's like how many Bitcoin currencies out there? Right. And by the way, why do they make the icon for a Bitcoin, a gold coin. Why did they do that? Right. Why don't they just have the ones and zeros like the matrix? Why don't oh. they just put that on a piece of paper and say, here's where your money is. Right. Ones and zeros. Oh, and it's a scarcity. Really? How did you make it? <laughs> it created it in a computer and it, world. And there's no utility, right? So that's why gold. It's no use. Yeah, there's no utility, yeah. right? The gold, gold has use, right? A jeweler is going to buy gold. If he anticipates the price of gold is going to go up because he's going to use that gold. But not just that. Satellites. Anything right. that has Electronics, high-end yeah. electronic connectivity with right. with efficiencies of moving electric. Gold is a beautiful, perfect metal. Right. But And there is a scarcity of it. I don't care if they find $6 billion of it in India. And Ooh, they've always cares. found new gold, right? You always mine new but gold. Okay and population increases, too. Just watching Gold right. Rush last night. And they right. found a bunch of But you're gold. using it, and you're using it. And boy, look how hard they have to work to get a little bit. That's one of my favorite yeah. shows. I still don't know why. 20 ounces of gold for every 100 right. yards of dirt. They tear up an entire, you know, acres and acres in Alaska, and they sit there with these little, you know, orange or these little gold trays with a with dust of gold in it. Like that they shit's hard to get. Oh, look, there it is, a little dust. Yeah. Gold so dust. you know, these are all the things that we're trying to help everybody understand. It's not about scaring. It's not about fear. It's about consequence. It's about the consequence of not knowing what's going on around you because we've now allowed our information to be fed to us the way. Others want to feed it to us. There's an agenda behind everything that comes our way. If you're getting your news from television, there's an agenda there. If you're getting it from a certain radio station, there's an agenda there. I don't even care if it's NPR. There's always an agenda. But if you can take the facts that are out there and and put some of your own thought behind it, you become the reporter. You can look at the trends. You can look at the charts. There is good information on the Internet. But you have to be the person who can organize it and then believe in your own reporting. Don't trust what you're getting. I don't care if it's it's under the, the label fake news or whatever. It doesn't matter, guys. It's it's all now has an agenda. And in, in its own way, there's propaganda on every side. You have to be able to have your own opinions, which is what this program is about. It's what the retirement blueprinting system is all about. It's about you being able to, to disseminate the facts and have your own opinion because the consequence of just waiting for something to happen. It makes no sense. That's why the Retirement Perfect Storm was the name behind this because, you know, there's still people to this day, hurricane war, they know when a hurricane's coming when it comes off the coast of Africa. Like, oh, here comes a hurricane. It's going to hit you in three weeks. And there will be people that will sit there and say, I don't really believe it. I've sat here before when hurricanes were going to come. They didn't come. 
and then they drown to death. And it's it doesn't have to be that way financially, but it will be if you don't take the signs and put together your own belief that there's something coming. So I made an, a point here, and I know we're kind of skipping over the questions. I, I We always do this. We get into conversation, and we skip over some of the questions. So we will do the questions, but I want to I want to hit one of the points here that is so important when it comes to understanding your money, right? I, I mentioned the rule of 100. Now, the rule of 100 has aged out, in my opinion, right? So let's, the example I used in the webinar, if you were, if you're uh, 60 years old, the rule of 100 typically would say, take your age, subtract it from 100, and the number, so it's 60, right? So I'm using 160. So so 60 is the number. They're saying that 60% of your dollars in the rule of 100 should be in a very safe vehicle. Mm-hmm. It should not be a, a available to risk. You shouldn't compromise that principle. I don't think anybody will buy that. So I flipped it. I said, okay, I'm going to reverse that. I'm going to say that 60% you can stay chasing your dreams of the higher and you know greener pastures of the market. But 40%, that 40% could be the difference between living in squalor in retirement or being on the beach or the mountains, wherever right. you prefer. Yeah, and I, I think that's that's so important. And it's important to work with, you know, financial professionals that understand that and think in a similar way because, you know, a lot of the problems that, and, and I am, you know, a financial professional, I work with, with clients all the time, is that the they, they look at that and they, and they agree with the principal mm-hmm. and they say, well, what do I do with 40% of my money I can't get a yield anywhere. Right. Yeah, one percent in bonds, but that's the nothing problem. in savings. So the problem is, and the stock market's at its highs. You stock market is high. Think of and how, that leads into the bubble part right. of the second part so you, of your retirement. Exactly. That that's, perfect storm. But, but think about the whole that that statement, growth. Right. What's the opposite of growth? Protection. Principle. Loss. Loss. Yeah. Right. So when you have a conversation with someone and they keep pivoting to growth. That is the behavior aspect of what I'm talking about right. in the retirement perfect storm. It's because they don't realize that that holding instead of losing is as important as growing and gaining, but they don't understand yeah. the disconnect between what should be safe and what should be exposed to risk. And then the other thing you just said is is the behavior side that where I think it's going to be completely, um, it's going to be the the multiple of two people that both believe something's going to happen, they'll convince themselves that they're right, right? You can't have two people. Now, if you think about it, I've got an advisor. The markets are, are dropping like they did during COVID, right? So what did my advisor say? Hey, Brett, don't worry about this. Markets come back. You're in it for the long haul. Okay, thank you. I, I, I needed to hear that because I was really nervous. And it happened, right? But that wasn't a surprise. We all knew COVID V-shaped recovery had to happen. There was no way dumping all that money into the world and knowing more was going to come that we weren't going to have a V-shaped recovery. It happened a lot faster than I thought it would, but it happened. But what that did was it created the mindset. Now you got two people, me, my advisor. But now the next shoe drops and it's a real crash. It's the perfect storm. What happens? I call up my advisor. Hey, what do you think? Well, you know, hey, you're in it for the long haul. He picked up the phone? <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. In that scenario, he doesn't pick up his phone. So here I am. Now I'm 65 years old, and I'm not in. I, the long haul might only be a short ride. I don't know how long the long haul is going to be. And and I, I'm asking the person, 
who's the person who's going to tell me exactly what I want to hear, tells me I'm in for the long haul. Markets always come back. Don't you remember the pandemic back in 2020? What are you worried about? Just trust me. It'll, it'll be okay. But what if it's not, right? This is, this is the problem. Right. This is the behavior well, side. Well, and of it's, talk about it's that not moment. even just that. I was going to say, not only the advisor is encouraging it, you have government encouraging it. Oh, you have the government talking media. about stock market, media, stock market. 100%. Right? CNBC is talking about Bitcoin. So they're all talking about the bubbles. And those, that's where you got to be. The super rich guy is sitting on his boat going, poof, those poor people. Right. And he is ready to go and watch the bottom as he watches the So how does the, the stock market keep going up when the world seems to be on fire? So that was one of the questions, right? So mm-hmm. one of the questions was, why, why is the market going up? And I know I did something silly there. So I played the video of Lucy and Ethel with the chocolates on the conveyor belt. I played that. I, I made it a intermission, if you will. I stopped talking, played the video, which I still laugh every time I watch it. And I laugh because the audience uh, the, you know, it was live, right? So they did that in an audience. It's, it was great. But then I turned around and I said, so let's think about what happened there. Lucy and Ethel couldn't pack the chocolates fast enough. They were popping them in their mouth, throwing them in their shirt, putting them in their hats. They couldn't do it. And then I, I went and I made my own slide and I said, okay, here's a conveyor belt, but look what's coming off of it. It's stacks of $100 bills. Well, where are they coming from? Where are they coming from? They're coming from every 401k, every paycheck from anybody contributing to a 401k puts the money on that conveyor belt. And, and every investor, right? I mean, in a- All in around a, the world. All around the world. In a normal market, in a healthy, free market, when you have low savings, which we do in America, we have record low savings- Interest rates would rise and you would be encouraged to save in safe assets Correct. and get a yield like an interest rate. Because of government intervention and a reduction in interest rates, no place to put the, it. the market is not functioning. There's no encouragement to save. Instead, it's risk on because that's where you get returns. The only place you're going to get money. So stocks and are getting overvalued. Plays right into your P.E. Bubble. ratio bubble. Right. right. So that's, like, why. that's why right. Tesla is so expensive. Well, but, yeah, what Those else would you Amazon buy? What are you going to so buy expensive. a bond making 1%? It's it's a matter you're, of again. See, we're always chasing growth, to risk, right? And that is that's a to me that that's a criminal thing that the government has done. So stripped away assets, broke the market, so it's not functioning, and forced retirees, which hold all the capital in this country, right? Half of the stock market right into, into into this risk. Plays right, right into market. this question, Sheldon. I'm 71 years old. I'm 60 percent in stocks, 40 percent in bonds. Am I at risk and I plan to live to the age 100? What do I do? What and would I, you say to Sheldon? I think Sheldon will too. I, I've, I've actually, uh, I liked his question and I didn't realize he was uh, actually out of the country. I hope he catches this and, and hears that, you know, we were thinking about his question and talking about it and it was a, it was a loaded question. So I don't, I don't know that he's got his ratio right. And I, I did look up and see he provided his age, you know, so we knew how old he was. But at the same time, I focused in on the bonds, right? That 40%. The bonds are, that's old school now, right? Bonds are tied to interest well, he is rates. 71, so. Yeah. A cor- corporate debt. Corporate debt is just as bad as the U.S. national debt, right? So we're, except it's easier to go away, right? If you're into bonds, unless you're buying the, you know, the most stable of U.S. bonds that are out there, you have risk. If you're playing this bond game with U.S. corporate debt, this is musical chairs, man. This is just a matter of, when the when the when the funnel starts to suck the water out, when a vortex right. starts to form, these bonds are hey, junk. They're all junk anyway. I mean, They're not only that, bonds. but yeah, I mean, you see everything we've been talking about with this inflation, the printing of money. You're going to see yields come up, and the price of those bonds are going to get Garbage. crushed. 
you're going to lose 10, 15, 20% we'll on the bond portfolio. Plus, the, the, the stocks could get hit at the same time. So let's talk about that because most people don't understand the opposite direction of bonds. So when we talk about getting crushed on bonds, so think about what you've been buying if you're if you're packing your retirement bags, trying to get safe into bonds. You've been acquiring bonds at the most ridiculously low interest right. rate. Paying then, 1%. And, and that's taxable, right? right? If they're paying you 1% taxable, you're not making anything. So, but why is it the opposite? So what happens now? Interest rates go up. What do I do with all these bonds I bought? Right. So anybody want to buy a one percent bond? Brett, I don't want that bond. I well, can go I get paid. a bond that pays four percent. Oh Listen, come on! You I'll give you a discount. It. I'll buy it for eighty <laughs> percent of what you paid for. That's why it's different. It's opposite, guys. As interest rates go up, the old bonds become valueless. They have nothing. You can't get rid of them. And people, you won't. At a certain point, these bonds will not be. It, they will need the Fed to come in and buy the bonds. Oh, the Fed, is, buy, the Fed is going to come in and buy the they bonds. They have to. But again, more money printing, more, more dollars inflation. going out, more inflation. Higher rates, rates are going to rise. And again. those other bonds oh, are garbage. Now we got to print more money, <laughs> and it becomes this vortex that really does suck it down. And that is yeah. the end of the rope. That is the debt cycle. Ray Dalio has been writing about it. If you're not reading his stuff that he's been publishing on LinkedIn, he's writing a book, by the way. It's a great idea. He's writing a book on LinkedIn. And he publishes each chapter as he gets it done. So what's the and answer? What do people need to do to get a hold around their finances and retirement? You can't do that, Pat. So that's the problem. Do Everybody they a, wants to Do the they answer. get a blueprint? Do they, they see where they are? So, they? The, so we provide the process. We provide the process to do an analysis. But every single person is different. It's no different than medication. You can't prescribe a medicine if you don't see a patient. That's malpractice if you're a doctor. The same thing in our industry. You can't give blanket information. That's why the Dave Ramseys, the Susie Ormans, you know, the people that are out there giving, uh, and, and Ken Fisher, I'll throw all the names out there, right? They do a disservice to people because they put everybody in a boat. Everybody, annuities are terrible. Really, Ken Fisher? I would take an annuity right now over a bond any day of the week. Mm-hmm. There are annuities out there. That are brilliant. They are they're adjusting with index indices. They guarantee no downside risk. If and yet no one's getting exposed to this. Why? Because it's contra to the market mentality. If you take money out of the stock market and start loading it up in annuities, and I'll tell you what, as the interest rate environment gets better, these annuities are going to take over. That's another drain on the stock market. I'm getting out of this volatile market. I'm going to go get that four percent, five percent on a, on an indexing scale. I could get even more than that. I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's great participations out there. So what we got to do is is be open minded. We got to know what are out there and not be told by someone else what's right or wrong. We're all smart enough to make these. These are basic math decisions. These are not. You don't have to have a degree in finance. You just have to expose yourself to the information, and then you'll be more informed so you can have that conversation lack of knowledge leads to this behavior where you would stay in right going down with the ship hey covid covid bounce it was a world pandemic the blueprints that we do kind of awaken people so they can see all right i have options i have choices Mm -hmm. to make Mm -hmm. who what type of person is going to help somebody with that so you know a blueprint is like a whiteboard session right so when you think about what a blueprint is we're taking the data that they've provided, and we'd like to get that data tightened up, right? So we, we ask range data. That was based on uh, us watching our results on our TV commercial. The more specific we ask questions, the less people wanted to give it. So we settled in on range data. That starts it so that people can see what a whiteboard looks like. But then 
we have to get better data, right? But we're still not asking for birth dates. We're not asking for social security numbers. We're not asking for account numbers. We're just asking for numbers, but they're more realistic to what this person has. So think of a blueprint as a whiteboard that somebody spent three hours setting up for you. But then you can sit in the room and have a conversation on it with someone else. But it's that someone else that we need you to speak to in order to have an intelligent conversation. I wish I could do it every day. And I try. I really, I speak with a lot of people. Everybody tells me in the office I spent too much time with that person on the phone. That's not how I look at it. But it's not scalable. It can't be just this office. can't be Brian. can't be Josh. can't be me. It can't be just us. So we train. Matter of fact, yesterday was training. I told everybody on the webinar Wednesday night, the next day we train on what we talk to the public about. And we had hundreds. I'll just say hundreds. I'm not going to say how many because we'll have people trying to find all our advisors. But hundreds of advisors are skilled and trained at, at the prints that we build. Blueprints are important. The conversation that we're having, we're telling them, if you really want to be a fiduciary, stop being one-sided about markets have no place but up to go. That's not a fiduciary. To me, a fiduciary has to be expanding their horizons and looking at things to make sure that their recommendations are not going to sink somebody in retirement. And it's going to happen. And not, I think the other side of that and what we do, I think you know, some of the best in the industry is not just focusing on the markets. I mean, the markets can affect you, but an out-of-control government that raises taxes can affect you too. And if your advisor is not talking about how to protect you from both sides of things. Well, you know what they do? They cop out. They say, I can't give tax advice. Right. That's not tax advice. It's, it's, it could be tax education. Tax education. You know, that's, that's Tax what advice do. is telling you what to do with your money. Right. Tax information allows you to go have the tax conversation. Absolutely. So, you know what? Don't give your advisors an easy way out. Challenge them. And one of the things that I, I mentioned in that webinar, I believe wholeheartedly, is you know, when, how many of you guys are still going to a pediatrician? Pat, are you still going to your pediatrician? <laughs> you're not going to your pediatrician. You know why? Because you're, you're changed as you get older, right? So, you, matter of fact, you start getting additional doctors. It's like, oh, how many do I got to go see? What does that guy want to do to me? So, when you have all these new doctors, it's because we age and our bodies need more professional advice. When you get closer to retirement, if you think that your pediatrician that you started with when you're 25 or 30 years old, who's been helping you manage this 12-year bull market, what a challenge that's been. If you think that's the person who's going to help you steady your ship when things start to get rocky, no. You need another person. You need to, t- to create this triangular conversation when it comes to opinions. And that's what we're trying to build for you. And and everybody's scared to talk about it. But you need to open up your 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 mind and invite in a professional who's focused on distribution, preserving capital, tax efficiency. If you're out there, if you could even see on your horizon is that word retirement. If you haven't found that person yet, start with the people that we found. We have worked our fingers to the bone here trying to find the right advisors. And you know what? If you're not getting the right information, then you come back to us. We're not hiding. (laughs) You know, if you got anything from me, you can go back and, and, and look in your inbox. You got emails that go to me. I'll read them and let me know. So I know we went long here today, and I, I think it was a good topic. And we did cover the questions. We just did yeah. it in a conversation way. So we covered the tough questions here. But, you know, I think that the, at the end of the day, we're going to keep doing the webinars. We're going to keep giving you the ability to form your own opinion, to be your own news report, 
to have real, real information so you can make really good decisions going forward. That's what retirement architecture is all about. That's what retirement blueprints are all about. And we're hoping that you're getting something from all this effort that everybody's putting in. Just don't ignore it. That's great. Old saying, when something's free, take all you can carry. Thank you, Brett. Thanks, Brett. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate everyone's time. Thank you, guys. Good job today.